All right. Good morning again. I want to start today by doing something that is everyone's favorite thing, taking a quiz. Right? Everyone's excited. I saw a few... I saw a few smiles. Uh, we're going to take a quiz, and if you're anything like me as I was preparing for this, uh, you're going to fail this quiz. So I'm going to tell you that up front, okay? Maybe you're smarter than I am. You probably are. But uh, I want you to keep the results private, so don't be worried. Don't yell out the answers because you might embarrass yourself. So uh, go ahead and think about these in your mind. These are all rhetorical questions. And I also want to warn you ahead of time that uh, some of the answers might be a little controversial. So uh, Derek's out of town. Let's keep this between us, okay? <laughs> all right. Uh, the premise of this quiz is fairly simple. We're going to flash some pictures on the screen. And your only job is to decide, is it a fruit or is it a vegetable, right? Nothing to it, right? Is it a fruit or is it a vegetable? Remember, don't yell it out because you might be embarrassed in a minute when I give you the answers. Uh, but the first item, what is that? No, don't, don't give the answer. What item is that? Tomato. tomato, that's right. Some of these pictures might be a little weird. That is a very round and juicy tomato. So in your mind, is that a fruit or a vegetable? Second one, avocado. One of my favorite grocery items. I don't want to give away the answer. One of my favorite grocery items, because that leads to uh, guacamole at our house, which is mm, really good. Uh, so avocado, what do you think? Fruit or vegetable? Don't answer out loud. Third item, the olive. Fruit or vegetable? Some of y'all have funny looks on your face. Fourth item, the pumpkin. Our favorite Halloween decoration thing. I'm not giving away the answer. Uh, and finally, cucumber. Fruit or vegetable? All right. Now guess what? All five of these items are fruit. That's right. Did some of you get 100%? Yeah. All right. <laughs> I failed. So uh, I am not a good figure out of fruits or vegetables, so don't ask me. But I told you it'd be a little controversial. Some of you are mad because you're like, no, one of those was a vegetable. Uh, some fruit is really easy to identify. Other fruit can be a little tricky. Um, it can be difficult to distinguish. And I think the same can be true in our spiritual life. Because um, as Derek said last week, God is obsessed with the fruit bearing of his people. The goal of our lives is to be fruitful. The name of our series is The Fruitful Life of a Jesus Follower. This is something that's supposed to be true about us. And Derek defined fruit as any thought or action done in line with Scripture, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and done for the glory of God. Well, that's kind of a mouthful. And we can study that and we can learn. And Derek did a good job explaining that last week. But I want to go a little more... Um, specific and practical today because our big idea is that fruit in our lives is evidence that we are abiding in Jesus. Fruit in your life is evidence that you're abiding in Jesus. So being able to identify and recognize this fruit, being able to know what that fruit looks like when it, when it comes into our lives is extremely important. Because again, some things might look like fruit, might even be called fruit, but don't necessarily match up with God's definition of fruit. 
All right, so we're going to be in John chapter 15. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, there's some underneath the seats around you. Uh, so feel free to grab one of those. If you don't have one at home, feel free to take one. That's why they're there. We'd love for you to have a Bible when you leave today. John chapter 15, verses 5 through 8. And our title today, The Proof is in the Fruit Pudding. Yes. Uh, I don't, I've never had fruit pudding, but... You know, what are you going to do? All right. So John 15, 5 through 8, it's on page 999. And I want to start off by reading those verses before we dive in a little more. I am the vine. Again, this is Jesus talking. He says, I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Let's pray together once again. God, I do thank you for your word. Thank you for how it teaches us and for how your spirit uses it to, uh, to teach us and guide us. And just pray, God, that today that would be what happens in this room. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, so we know we're the branches. We know that we're supposed to be uh, attached to the vine. Our purpose is to bear fruit. It's right there, plainly spelled out right off the top in verse 5. Jesus says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Our job is to abide, right? Um, the fruit comes as you abide, not through your own efforts, through his power flowing in and through us. Just like Derek said last week, the power for the branches to, to give fruit comes from deep in the soil and comes up through the trunk to the branches. The branches are just there to, to hold the fruit, really, and they stay attached to the vine. Um, but do we have any idea what that fruit looks like? If we were shown a picture of spiritual fruit, would we be able to tell, is that a fruit or is that a vegetable? All right, so that's what we want to do today. I want to help us with that, hopefully, by talking about four kinds of biblical fruit. And the first is the fruit of the Spirit. And this is something that uh, if you've gone to church, you've probably heard this list. Galatians 5 is where this happens. Um, Paul is talking about the difference between walking in the Spirit and walking in the flesh. And when he says walking in the Spirit, that's the same thing as abiding. Um, and so he has this contrast between abiding and gratifying the desires of the flesh. And in chapter 5, verse 16, I'll just read it for you. You don't have to turn there, but he says... I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. So clearly, according to Paul, when you uh, walk by the Spirit, uh, when you're truly abiding, there's a noticeable difference in how you live than if you're walking by the flesh. Okay? There's a contrast. There's something that should be noticeable. There's a new creation. Um, and he further defines that as the fruit of the Spirit in verse 22. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. So for Paul, the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of abiding in Jesus, the evidence of our connection to Christ is this list. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, 
and self-control. Now, when Jennifer and I first started dating and we're getting to know each other, uh, this list was a really important thing and not for the reasons you might think. Uh, we were headed, we'd been dating maybe four to six weeks at the time, and we were headed from Waco, where we went to school, to Dallas for a formal dance that her sorority was putting on. And so we had this, this two-hour drive to Dallas where we were kind of getting to know each other still and talking about things. And I was a youth pastor at the time, and I was talking about the fruit of the Spirit to my youth group that next Wednesday night, and so we were talking about that. And she said, well, I know a great song to go with that. And um, kind of like I'm doing today with my youth group at the time, I would do some music and then we'd play a game and then I'd preach and then we'd do something else. So I was kind of had to do everything every uh, Wednesday night with the youth group. And so I was excited to have maybe a song I could use during that as a, as a teaching thing. And so she just busted into this song. And again, we, we hardly know each other. And if you know anything about Jennifer, she's really into the, the, the smaller ones which has never been my thing. But so her reference point is the, the small kids and, and what it takes for them to learn. And so she busts into the song and she says, the fruit of the spirit's not an apple. And I was like, okay, the fruit of the spirit's not an apple. And then she sings the list. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So she sings that and you sing that three times. And I'm kind of looking at her like, I think I could marry this girl. <laughs> Uh, the list became really important to me because as I told her later, that was kind of this trigger for me that she was, there was something special about her and we were going to connect on a special level um, because she was willing to do this awful thing uh, <laughs> on our way to our first formal dance together. Now here's, here's where the list gets tough. The word for fruit in Greek is a singular word. So for us, fruit can be, it can be singular, it can be... Um, what's the opposite of singular? I can't think. Plural. Thank you. I'm glad you're with me. It can be singular or plural. Um, and that's caused a lot of uh, mistakes. It's caused a lot of people to think you can pick, choose from the list. As long as I have two or three of these, I'm good. As long as I have a little love and a little self-control, forget the rest of it. I got the fruit of the spirit, but that's not how this works. Um, the fruit of the spirit's not Plural. <laughs> The fruit of the Spirit is singular. And so uh, for Paul, the one fruit of abiding in Jesus is the entire list. Uh, just like the children's song. And I want you to, to say it with me. The fruit of the Spirit is not singular. It is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It's all of those things. Um, so when we think about the fruit of our lives being evidence of abiding in Jesus, we have to look at the whole list. You want to know if you're abiding? Ask yourself about that list. And as we abide, as we're, as we're pruned to be more of who God wants us to be, these are areas where his spirit is going to manifest itself in our lives. And this is really important. It's not measured in a short term. Okay, you can't, you can't look for the last hour and say, I've been okay. I've had the whole list. It's measured by long-range fruitfulness and long-range faithfulness. I think about a study that we did in a small group a few years ago. It was about a book, and the book title was A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. That's the idea here. 
a long obedience in the same direction. It's day by day faithfulness. And so when you think about having the fruit of the spirit, you wanna look over a long period of time. So the first biblical fruit is the fruit, singular, of the spirit. So hopefully you'll go home singing that song. Uh, the second biblical fruit is the fruit of good works. The fruit of good works. Now, works can be kind of a, a hot topic sometimes in the church. Uh, it can be a little bit controversial. We're talking about our outward actions, our deeds, things that people can see. And the problem with this word is that sometimes we get things backwards. I don't know about you, I do, I do it all the time. We get things backwards. And sometimes we put works in front of salvation. Sometimes we put works as a means to salvation. Um, and because we like to feel like we've earned things, uh, we like to feel like we've earned what we get in our kind of Western American thinking, we imagine there's certain things we can do to earn salvation. And that's just absolutely categorically wrong. Salvation is a gift of God. You can't earn it. <clears throat> You'll never be able to earn it. No one will. Uh, I like to think of it this way. Do you know who Elon Musk is? The founder of Tesla. And he's... Uh, He's financing space travel for private citizens, which I think is just crazy. Uh, but he's trying to do that. He's got obviously lots of money. He wants to do things with it. Well, <coughs> excuse me. I heard that he's got another challenge that he has said he'll give $1 billion, That's right, billion with a B. $1 billion to the first person to, to accept and complete this challenge. You get six weeks to train and then... You step onto the pier on the California coast, you dive in and you start swimming, and if you make it to Hawaii, he's got a billion dollars for you. All right, anybody ready? You wanna, you wanna take that challenge? All right, Tony's ready, good. No, that's, I totally made that up. I thought it, was, it would be good if Elon was gonna give a billion dollars. But uh, here's the thing, you can train as long as you want. You can be Michael Phelps and train for 10 years and get even better than you were in the Olympics, which I don't know if that's possible, you're not gonna make it. No one can swim from California to Hawaii. It's too far, there's too much current, you just can't be done. Um, <clears throat> the same is true, so it doesn't matter who you line up next to, I can stand next to Michael Phelps and I know we're in the same boat. <laughs> we're not gonna make it, and I hate swimming, so. Uh, <laughs> But the Bible, and that's similar to salvation, it doesn't, we all line up and we're all in the same boat. We cannot do it. It's only through the free gift of Jesus Christ, uh, building that bridge so that we can and find salvation. Um, but the Bible does teach that for those that have received that free gift, there is a noticeable difference. And part of that difference is good works. So... <clears throat> You, you don't have salvation without works, but you don't get salvation through works. Do you, does that make sense? So um, good works defined this way, they're still your outward actions, they're still deeds that people can see, but they're rooted in God glorifying obedience. They're not rooted in, your, in yourself. The word good in this place literally means pleasing to God. So works that are pleasing to God. And we know that God looks at the heart, he looks at the motivation behind the work not just the work itself. So he knows why we're doing the things that we do. Um, in Matthew chapter five, during the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Jesus himself says it like this. He says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, 
Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So that's the goal. They see your good works. They see those works that are outward signs of what God has done in your heart, and they give glory to God, not to you, but to him. Uh, and it's, it echoes what we read in our chapter to, for today in verse 8. He says, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So God is glorified as others witness the fruit of our good works. We, we lived in Tucson a few years ago. And when we moved to Tucson, by the way, it's going to be like 120 there this week. So if you think it's hot here, uh, but uh, it's, we moved to Tucson from Texas. <clears throat> and in Texas, every about 10 or 15 feet, there's a street light. In Tucson, there are no street lights. Uh, and even the ones they have are like these super dim things on just the most major roads. They also have laws about your, your porch light. It has to have like a cover on it so the light only goes down instead of out because they have some really important observatories close by. And so they have these lighting ordinances and they keep it really dark in the city. Well, there's a cool byproduct to that and that is the stars are amazing. Um, but there was another thing that happened that kind of freaked us out. We'd been living there, you know, a couple of weeks. I don't know however long it took the, the moon to cycle to full. And we were sitting on the couch one night and I was getting a little agitated that our neighbors weren't turning off their porch light. Uh, and then I thought, well, maybe it's our light. It's just so bright. Maybe it's ours. So I look out the back at the back porch. Our light is not on either. I walk outside, and I'm standing in the backyard, and it's like daytime, but it's only the full moon. So the moon is so bright. It's reflecting the sun so well. There's no other light competing with it, and it's just like daytime. We're supposed to be like that moon. We are, our, our desire should be to be a true reflection of who Jesus is, noticeable, not because of who we are. The moon is not noticeable because of itself. If it weren't for the sun, we wouldn't even know we had a moon most of the time. Um, the sun reflects off of the moon and gives it its brightness. We should be noticeable because of the strong reflection of Christ in our lives because we are abiding in him. That's what the good works do. It's the reflection of Christ in our hearts. So as we abide, we bear much fruit, but it doesn't come from us. It comes as we reflect who God is and what he's done. It comes as we allow his light to shine in and through us, just like that moon reflecting the sun. So the first one is the singular fruit of the spirit, and the second one is the fruit of good works. The third kind of biblical fruit is the fruit of worship, the fruit of worship. And what is worship? Is it a, a musical category at the Christian bookstore? It's turned into that, and I think that's really sad because it takes away so much of what worship is. Is it the musical part of the service, and then we have the teaching? That cuts it short also. Worship is truly our response to what we value most. It's not a style. Um, it's... It, it's not just music, although music is one way we express that, but it's what we value most. And it shows up as a fruit in a lot of areas of our lives because we are people of worship. God wired us to worship and we are going to do it. Um, the sad thing is a lot of times we, we direct that at the wrong 
things. We value the wrong things. Whether it's a sports team, we can be really good at worshiping sports teams. Where we give our time, where we give our talents, where we give our treasures. We are people of worship and we're constantly reflecting what we value the most. And when you're abiding, when you're valuing your relationship with God, worship of him will happen. And it's not just about music, although that's one opportunity. It shows itself in your actions and in your deeds. One of the verses I learned really early in life um, was Romans 12:1. I had to learn it for Bible drill, which if you don't know what that is, um, then... I'm not sure how to explain it right now. We can talk afterwards, but basically kids memorize stuff and then if they call it out and you step forward and they call on you, if you get it wrong, you lose points and it's like a contest about the Bible. All right, so I had to memorize this Romans 12, one and it has shaped a lot of my life. I didn't understand what it meant for years, even though I had it memorized. Um, But Paul says in Romans 12.1, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And one of the big things to notice about this is that our response is in relation to who God is and what he's done. Our response in worship is because of God first, because of who he is and what he's done. Um, As we abide, as we draw closer to God, as we understand more about who he is, as we catch hold of who we are in relation to him, as the miracle of our forgiveness through Jesus Christ clarifies for us in our mind, then worship happens. You, You don't have to fabricate it. It becomes what you're valuing the most, and it will show itself. Hebrews 13, 15 puts it this way, and I really like this because the writer says, through Jesus, therefore, again, it's only because we abide in him, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips that openly profess his name. So again, worship is a fruit. Uh, God has created us to worship, and we will worship whatever we value most. And when we abide and value our walk, walk with Jesus, part of the fruit will be the praise of who he is and what he's done. It'll be part of our conversations. It'll be part of uh, how we interact with people. They'll, they'll ask you, how can you be walking through this and have peace? Because of my relationship with Jesus. Um, because of the people around me that love God and love me in a way that only God's people can. So it's a giving of your whole life to him, a sacrifice, so that his will can be done and his glory can be shown. Again, just like the moon reflecting the sun. All right, the fourth kind of fruit, and this is the last one for those of you that like to doodle on the side and get excited when we get to the last, the last point. Uh, I will tell you, I, I timed myself preaching this message because I wanted to kind of know because it's been so long. And the longest I could get as stretched out as I could make it was 32 minutes. So the, the, I don't know if you realize this, but at 35 minutes, the countdown turns red back there to tell Derek to kind of start to figure out how to, how to wrap it up. I don't think mine's even gonna turn red. So, uh, all right. <laughs> so point number four, the, the fourth kind of biblical fruit is the fruit of evangelism. That is salvations, people coming to know Jesus. This is the fruit we typically think about when we talk about fruit in the spiritual realm. Um, When you think about agriculture, now I'm not much of an agriculturalist, I'm a city boy, but uh, I, I even understand this. The harvest is the gathering of the fruit. 
right? It's the gathering of the fruit that's ready. Um, And Jesus lays this idea out in John chapter 4 in verses 35 and 36. Jesus says this, and again, he's talking to an agricultural culture, much more so than we are. Now, we have pockets of it, of course, but that they pretty much all had to know something about it. And he says, do you not say there are yet four months, then comes the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life so that sower and reaper may rejoice together. So Jesus says, I know you're worried about the harvest that's coming in four months, but there's a different kind of harvest and it's ready now. Already those that have been sowing the seeds are receiving the wages, the blessing. He said, but the harvest comes so that the reaper and the sower can rejoice together. The idea here is that there's fruit ready to be gathered because of the faithfulness of the sowers. Um, and again, through the power of the Spirit, through our abiding in Him, this, the first three fruit that we've talked about, <laughs> those first three fruit leads to the fruit of people coming to know Jesus, the harvest being salvations. Uh, and so when we're out doing the good works, we need to be ready to think about being a, 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 a reaper, not just a sower. Our good works sow, but there's also moments where we can uh, collect the harvest that God has, has um, prepared because he's ready for that to be, to be picked. He says all we need are faithful workers. We need people that are willing to go out and do the harvest. It's ready. God does the work, and he just needs us to be faithful workers and to look for that fruit, the fruit of salvations. So if you want a picture, like we had at the beginning, of the different fruit, if you want a picture of the kind of fruit that brings glory to God and shows us to be his disciples, like he talked about in John 15, we've got these four. We've got the fruit of the Spirit. Again, what's the list? Let's try it. Some of you uh, did better than others. We'll give you one more chance, right? It can be tricky if you don't know it yet. But again, Galatians 5.22, if you want to look at it later. But it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. It's the entire list over a period of time. You've got the fruit of good works. As we reflect the glory of God, our works show evidence of his work and his presence in our lives. It shows evidence of abiding. Then we have the fruit of worship. That's simply an expression of what we value most. When we're abiding, that expression will consist of praise of who God is and what he's done, both in word and deed. And then finally, the fruit of salvations. God produces fruit that is ready for harvest. Is, that's people desiring to know him and find forgiveness of sin through his son, Jesus Christ. And he's called us to be faithful in looking for that harvest and, uh, and helping people to make that decision when the time comes. Now, I don't know about you, but I think about that list, even just the first one, the fruit of the spirit, but then there's three others after that. And I think, whew, that's overwhelming. I don't measure up. I feel like the guy standing on the, on the beach in California, and I don't have any choice, but I'm being told I have to swim to Hawaii. It seems really, really impossible. But as soon as I think that way, guess what it shows? I'm not abiding. I'm not trusting. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to produce this fruit. And that's not how it works. We cannot do anything apart from the power of God. 
Jesus says it very clearly in the verses that we read. This is the great but difficult truth. Becoming who God wants you to be is not about trying harder. It's not about earning it or getting better. It's about abiding more. And God does the transformation. Yeah, you, you will get better. You will have new things. I have things that were huge struggles for me when I was 16 that... Uh, through God's power, we put behind us, and now I'm struggling with new things that God draws to my attention. And he says, this is where I need to be working on you now to be more of who I want you to be. It changes. You think about the branches of a tree don't get to decide what type of fruit they will produce. They are attached to the vine. The fruit comes because of, of what they're a part of. And when they're not attached... Those are kind of some hard verses that we read. When they're not attached, what happens? They get thrown out. They're not useful. Um, and so we definitely want to be sure that we're abiding um, because our effort apart from Jesus is worthless. Apart from him, we can do nothing. And I think this is where it gets tough because if I feel like I got to get better and I've got to, to earn it and I got to figure out how I'm going to produce this fruit, that put, makes it all about me and that's about my pride, which is the enemy of God's work in our lives. So we have to put down our pride. I have to put down my pride and surrender. We've also got to drop the act. You can't just look like a branch. You've got to actually be a branch. You've got to be abiding. Um, we've got to drop the excuses I just don't have time, or I'm just not loving. I don't have any self-control, uh, or I'm, I'm not good at good works. I, I just want to, so we have all the excuses. And specifically today on Father's Day, um, I was really, my, my goal today was to kind of weave uh, what God calls us to as men throughout the, the message. Uh, and then God just, it just didn't uh, come together that way. But in preparing, I read study after study, and these are not Christian studies, study after study of the importance of the influence of men in people's lives and in their family. And so today on Father's Day, think about it. When we don't get this right, it is catastrophic. It's catastrophic not only to us, because it's not who God's called us to be, but it's catastrophic to our marriages because we can't fulfill the role that God has called us to. And it's catastrophic to our children um, because we can't lead our home the way God has called us to if we're not abiding. And so it's time to, to put that aside. It's not, it's, it's not about trying harder. It's about loving God and abiding in him and letting him do the transformation. So why not on Father's Day 2017? Make this the day you stop trying in your own power and really focused on abiding in him. This is a tough statement, but it's true. There is no such thing as a fruitless follower of Jesus. If you're abiding, there is fruit. And hopefully I've given you some definitions of fruit today that can kind of can broaden your understanding of what that means, the kinds of things that we should be able to see in our lives as we abide. Um, we can fake it for a little while. We can look like a part of the vine, but what does being unattached lead to? It leads to withering, uh, and it leads to um, not being useful in the kingdom of God. When you're not truly attached to Jesus, it will show up eventually. And so maybe today... 
you've realized or you, you have this question uh, wondering if you're like one of those unattached branches. If you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, that's what it means to be attached to the vine, to have the relationship with God that you were designed for by being forgiven from your sin through his son, Jesus Christ, his sacrifice on the cross, receiving the life that he offers to you because of his resurrection from the dead. He has conquered death and he can offer you life, both life abundant here and life in eternity with God in heaven. Maybe you've never done that. Well, today, don't leave without becoming attached, without being part of the vine. There's a couple of different ways you can respond. On your connection card, um, you can check off the box. I think it says something about, I want to know more about ex accepting Jesus or following Jesus. Uh, or maybe you just have questions and you want someone to contact you. That connection card is a great way to do that, uh, kind of anonymously, and we'll get back to you as quick as we can uh, during the week. And you can drop that in the, the box, just like we talked about the guest information earlier. Or I would love to talk to you. If you want to speak to someone one-on-one -on -one today about that, I'd love to visit with you after the service. If you want to know more about what it means to truly abide and to know that you're attached to the, to the vine through Jesus. Um, but maybe today you feel confident about that, but you're like me. And as I was preparing, I noticed areas where maybe the fruit is not what it seems like God wants it to be. That there's an obvious um, lack of total obedience in my life. Uh, we want to have an action step each week of this series. And the one for today would be more for you. And that action step is just to commit to praying this prayer every day. God, help me be able to recognize the fruit you're producing in my life as I abide in you. You know, sometimes we get so hard on ourselves and we only worry about the areas where we're deficient and that's when we start trying harder. Instead, let's let God speak into our lives and say, no, there is fruit. I'm producing fruit. If you'll just trust me and abide in me more, there will be more fruit. Stop trying to do it without me. Trust me. So the first step is to acknowledge and see that fruit. Um, and so that prayer, I think, is on your notes. Be sure and take that with you and, and use that as an action step this week. Again, in John 15, 5, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. That's our prayer through this series, is that we uh, understand the importance of abiding, not only for us, but because it's what God, it's the method God is using to produce the fruit that he desires to produce in the world so that more people can experience him and know him through what he's doing, not only in us, but, but through us as individuals and as a church. Let's pray together. God, I thank you so much for the truth of fruit, for the truth that uh, you desire to be fruitful through us, for the truth that we can't do it on our own, but that we need you every step of the way. And God, I know in my own life, I like to try harder and I know I get in your way so often. God, I pray that today you would help me to know how to set that aside, how to be the man that you've called me to be, the father that you've called me to be, uh, the follower of you that you've called me to be, so that that fruit can be more and more evident in my life. 
God, if there's anyone here today that doesn't know you, that isn't attached, that hasn't accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, I pray, God, that they wouldn't leave today without uh, indicating that on the connection card and turning that in so that we can talk later and be praying for them or maybe even just today, God, right after the service to find someone to talk about that with. We thank you for the challenge of your word and we thank you for the challenge uh, of abiding. And I pray, God, that we would learn how to do that the way that you want us to in Jesus' name.